Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, Bengals fans? Anthony Cazenza here with CincyJungle.com, and this is the Orange and Black Insider. Just going to go through some headlines and whatnot with a lot of different things that have happened really over the course of the last handful of days since the Orlando Brown signing um, that was uh, you know recently announced by the Cincinnati Bengals. They made some other moves on the offensive line, some moves to remedy some of the losses that they experienced in free agency, but, um, you know, kind of a lot to get to as we do kind of our news whip around show. And then our big one tomorrow tentatively set to join us at 7 PM Eastern in case you missed the, um, if you did miss the announcement from our Twitter account, um, this big guy is set to join us tentatively tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, John Sheeran and myself will be talking with Orlando Brown Jr. And uh, excited for that. So new free agency acquisition, one of the biggest ones the Bengals have ever made inside or outside of their own building. Uh, really excited to be talking to him for a little bit tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll be doing a little bit of a, our first mock draft now that free agency. We don't do a ton on this show. A lot of other people do better ones than we do, but... <clears throat> um. At any rate, yeah, we're we're pretty excited about that. So you'll want to join join us tomorrow night for Orlando Brown Jr. hanging out with him and uh, talking some Bengals football, doing a mock draft and whatnot. So excited about that! All right, let's get to um, some news, notes, and everything. I think most of you are caught up on a lot of different stuff, but obviously the Bengals have kept a lot of different players in their uh, in their own building. They've let others. Um, walk away. Hayden Hurst walked away. Mitchell Wilcox has walked away. Drew Sample is not under contract at at this point, either in the tight end group. Um, And the Bengals are kind of sniffing around some services of available tight ends. Unfortunately, one great one, seemingly on a pretty manageable deal. Dalton Schultz signed a a one-year deal for about nine million, so um, we'll have to see exactly what what goes on there. The Bengals did have do have some interest in that position. Um, Bengals kind of missed out on some running backs. Excuse me, by the way, I've got a little bit of, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, I'm fighting something or something. So I'm trying not to clear my throat with uh, on the microphone. I apologize if that's bugging you, but I uh, got to do what I got to do. Anyway, uh, Samaje Pirine departs for the Bengals. So we've talked about that on the show. Orlando Brown now in the fold at left tackle. So 
that is official. And so the Bengals are doing a lot of different things in the offensive line. Um, Travion Williams uh, back at the running back position. Uh, obviously, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, they departed in free agency. So the team kind of doing some different things. There's going to be a lot of new faces based on some of the other guys that we've seen from uh, the, the past couple of years, uh, particularly, you know, on defense, maybe back up offensive line. But they are bringing a lot of competition um, for the uh, for the offensive line, you know, particularly for backup spots. But, you know, I kind of said tongue in cheek this this offseason that the Bengals almost need to build two starting caliber offensive lines. That's very difficult to do. I know it's easy to say and difficult to do in the NFL. But essentially what I mean by that is, you know, maybe not late round flyer developmental picks as your backups. Super young guys. They are they're getting veterans They're guys. They're getting guys who have started games in the NFL, started games for effective teams in the NFL. And they are collecting those guys, particularly ones that can play multiple positions um, because they just don't want to have what has happened to them late in their postseason runs the past two years. Not have enough able bodies you know, really kind of grabbing guys and, and um, you know, some of the, there, there may be some guys that they've tried to work with over the past couple of years. And now uh, they're kind of bringing some more competition there to see exactly what happens. Let's get to it though. And talk about some of these headlines here with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I guess we should start with the offensive line. Um, Max Sharping in the fold. This is kind of both Max Sharping and Nick Scott, the safety of the Rams in the fold there. Um, you know, Max Sharping, maybe not a big needle moving move for the, the the Bengals, but a guy who can play multiple positions, guard, tackle, uh, stepped in late last year, played, I mean, the whole line played well against the Buffalo Whip Bills, but, you know, in that Chiefs game, he and others uh, did have some, some struggles there, but uh, really epic. I mean, it's not really about on-field play. There was a really brief, epic shot of Max Sharping, uh, I believe it was his wife and, and his young son, uh, snow coming down on him at, at Buffalo, uh, and he grabs his son from his wife from the stands, and you know there's kind of an embrace of all of them there. It was a brief moment captured after the game, which was which was really cool, especially to see how dominant that offensive line performance was that day by the Cincinnati Bengals. So Max Sharping back with the Bengals, uh, Nick Scott now tabbed to replace the departures. In the um, you know in the safety position now, there's some talk too that it's actually going to be Nick Scott that's going to be filling in the Jesse Bates role potentially, uh, and it's actually going to be Dax Hill filling in a little bit more in the in the box type of stuff, uh, maybe stuff a little bit closer to the line of uh, line of scrimmage, slot coverage, that sort of thing. So we'll see exactly what Lou Anaruma wants to do to mix and match that those those players. Um, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of uh, multiple roles and, and whatnot for, for the safeties on the Cincinnati Bengals. But um, Nick Scott now in the fold, obviously the ascension of Dax Hill is going to be there for the uh, the starting position. You kind of just have to figure he was a first round pick for a reason. The Bengals wanted to, uh, you know, they, they, they did not spend premium money at the safety position because they spent premium money on a left tackle and a good one at that in Orlando Brown. So that money did go elsewhere at a big signing. And uh, these are a couple more down the road here. Nick Scott seems like he was a guy that, you know, and I'll pin this uh, in the live chat for folks on cincyjungle.com so you can check that out as well here. Um, let's let's keep this rolling, though, with some different news. And uh, let's see where are we going next. Okay, so 
Orlando Brown, as we've talked about already a couple of times, he has already talked about bonding with Joe Burrow and other facets with his joining of the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is here on Cincy Jungle as well. So some good vibes coming from him. And I will say that the folks that I've been speaking to about his forthcoming appearance tomorrow on the show, uh, he is very excited to be in Cincinnati. Um, that has been definitely been expressed to us on that. But uh, here you go. Uh, he, he talked about having lunch uh, last. So it would have been last Wednesday, uh, I think it says, because he says we had lunch yesterday and this was back on last Thursday um, was when he met with him, uh, or I guess it was Thursday they had lunch, excuse me. Uh, it went really well. I had an opportunity to get him to know him a little bit. It's my first time meeting him. That's kind of ironic, given the fact that these two teams have played each other, Chiefs and Bengals. Uh, so, you know, they didn't really get to chat, I guess. You know, he's fired up just like I was, and we sat and talked over cheeseburgers in the hotel room but I had a bunch of questions about himself and vice versa. Cincinnati as a whole, the system scheme, coaches, locker room, and all of that, you know, you can tell right away, you know, why he's had the success that he has had. Um, so again, the Joe Burrow effect kind of taking effect uh, on the free agency spectrum for the Bengals again, uh, impacting a lot of different avenues of this team, obviously his own play at quarterback and, raising that to another level, raising the offense to another level, but also impacting the Bengals appeal for outside free agents for sure. Uh, all right, James, James Hawley's asking it. Um, let's, let's get here. Cause we talked a little offensive line and we continue to talk offensive line now with Orlando Brown jr. Getting to know Joe Burrow opinion on Jonah requesting a trade, or does he try out the right tackle position? Here's the deal. Let's, Let's talk about that. Um, let's look. And this is, okay, so this is from Ian Rappaport in uh, a, a report with this. And I'll, I'll give my opinion on, on this a little bit too uh, because it is a big thing for the, the team and what it all means for – the Cincinnati Bengals in the offensive line. So obviously by now we've most folks have heard that Jonah Williams in the wake of Orlando Brown Jr. coming to the Bengals. Um, and it's been made known in that contract and in those negotiations that he was going to be the left tackle. That That is, you know, what he wanted out of a contract among other things, obviously, but um, that is what he wanted. That is what he got from the Cincinnati Bengals. And thus that moves Jonah Williams the Bengals idea, I would assume at this point, would be to move him to right tackle. That seems to be the idea. Um, Jonah Williams, through, I believe, his agent, has requested, openly requested a trade here. Um, so you can see here, quote, this is from Ian Rappaport as of a few days ago. You know it could happen soon. There are teams that would like to get everything filled before the draft, Rappaport said Friday during an interview on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, quote, that's kind of your goal, right? You want to go into the draft with no holes so you can take the best player available. Since he is ge generally pretty reasonable, it could happen today. Well, it has not happened as of this point. There are teams that will be interested. I think, you know, number one, there's a contingent of Bengals fans that do maybe slightly overvalue uh, Jonah Williams a little bit. He's a, he's a, you know, 
a decent, you know, probably above average when he's fully healthy and everything's working well, uh, an above average NFL left tackle. Um, there are teams, though, that there's not a ton now that are in the market for a left tackle. Orlando Brown, who just left the Chiefs, the Chiefs signed Juwan Taylor, a career right tackle, and they're going to play him over at the left. So uh, a lot of teams now that you would think need left tackles would maybe not do that. But then, you know, you're kind of saying, well, do the bang- are, are the Bengals at the- <laughs> going into this free agency period was was left tackle a huge need? Some people would say yes. Some people would say no, regardless here. I, I, there's there's kind of some you know discontent I guess brewing um, with Jonah Williams and him I guess losing that left tackle spot but I don't know that it's going to happen if it hasn't happened you know right after that announcement put out there we'll see what what else could could come of it but this could be something that is more a draft weekend trade um, and this could be something that you know, the Bengals at that point. And, and that may actually work out a little bit more to, to the Bengals advantage if it is that way, because there a little bit of a frenzy picks up then as well. If you remember Hollywood Brown last year, got a first round pick uh, netted for it. So, I mean, the, the teams kind of get into that frenzy mode again, this kind of, Oh, we got to get this guy now. Um, let's, let's really ramp up the talks again, type, type of mentality like they do in free agency. But as time passes in free agency, that frenzy of the first maybe one to one and a half weeks dies down. You know, things kind of settle down and, you know, teams kind of are a little bit more deliberate and take more time. So if the Bengals do move him, it it might be more closer to draft day or on draft weekend to try and net a pick for that specific weekend. Now, I personally would like to see, even if it's for a year, and even if the Bengals only if they do draft a right tackle as well, I would like to see them uh, try. I would like to see a, a, a unit where you would have Orlando Brown at left tackle, uh, you, you know, Volson, or if that's a position they're they're mulling over as well at left guard. You have Karras at center, you have Kappa at right guard, and then you have Jonah Williams at right tackle. Again, compare that line to 2021 when they made the Super Bowl compared to the one that they trotted out in the AFC championship game because of all the injuries last year. So I I would like to see it. It's just a matter quite honestly of if there's how big of a market for Jonah Williams is there. I I think if something isn't getting, getting done in, you know, by, by draft weekend, this, this he's playing right tackle for the Bengals. I I would be pretty sure about that um, at this point. That's just kind of how I feel. Uh, and you know, I, I think they'll entertain talks. They'll they'll entertain things, but uh, we'll we'll see exactly what comes of all of that. Antoine, what's going on, my friend? I owe you a text back, dude. I uh, I'm, I'm going to text you back in just a little bit. Good to, good to see you. Good to hear from you. I apologize, I did not get back to you, but uh, what's up, my man? Anyway, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Samaje Pirine was a guy that. I think we are all a little bit surprised left. And it sounded like the Bengals, based on reports, I think it was Paul Daner Jr. um, and maybe Jay Morrison of The Athletic. I think they had said, you know, the Bengals were kind of willing to, you know, do a lot of stuff. And here's kind of the report here. Um, Do what was necessary to keep them there in in Cincinnati. So this, 
they were aggressive in trying to retain Samaj P. Run. This is a guy they value. Now, remember, this was one of Zach Taylor's first kind of his guys he brought in. He was a late waiver wire pickup right before the 2019 season. Um, and, you know, he played a little bit. I think he played in that opener in Seattle on, on kick coverage and whatnot. So he was a guy that, you know, Zach Taylor really, really likes. And I, I know he became a real strong fan favorite last year with a lot of different things here. But, yeah, it was Paul Daner Jr., um, of the athletic and obviously the great podcast here, that podcast growling saying that the Bengals front office wanted him back. But I guess, uh, P Ryan just kind of found a better, you know, avenue for starting a little bit more notoriety potentially in Denver where he went for a similar contract. Here's the quote from, from Daner. Now with Samaje P Ryan, they made an aggressive play for, and I think they were surprised that he opted to go to Denver. I think they felt like he was the one they were going to get done. They were willing to go just about anywhere within reason and of course it was a two-year 7.5 million dollar contract three million guaranteed i believe also if i saw on social media total non sequitur here but i believe he uh just had a child as well so congratulations to him uh obviously you know wants to do the best personal decision and business decision for himself and he felt that denver was the way to go potentially with that and maybe that's just because he can you know he sees a little bit more playing time and or a higher role there than he would with Cincinnati. Now, what does that mean for Joe Mixon? What does that mean for, you know, are the Bengals drafting, you know, were they going to draft another high pick at running back? And that was conveyed to him. I, I don't know, but um, you know, that was a guy, I think we were all pretty surprised that did not stick around, especially at that number, a guy who filled in really, really well when Joe Mixon was out for a couple of games this, this last year. So, um, but the Bengals were aggressive and that was one of the guys internally that they wanted to keep. Um, so they valued him and they, they just couldn't make it happen, unfortunately. So that's the latest with Samaje Piran, the Bengals running back position, and they've got a lot to mull over there as well. Let's go back to Jonah Williams and trade talk. I meant to kind of segue my last spiel into that because this article right here, Frank Pollock has also sounded off on Jonah Williams. And this is an article Here. Okay. Frank Pollock comments on Jonah Williams following the trade quote. He's a smart player. He's a really good player in that regard. I think he should have no problem making the switch, obviously from left tackle to right tackle, um, getting over doing that with reps and constraints. There's a whole off season guys have asked to do that all the time. Quote, there's a little bit of a transition going left to, to right, but I'd say it'd be a little bit smoother than going from tackle to guard, but he's a good player. He's smart. He's athletic. He understands what he does best best. And he's a technician type of player. I think he can do it. Now that's part of the problem. Also, I think that I didn't really address. And, you know, I, I don't think many people, uh, I think people, observe it or understand it but i i think they also kind of gloss over it a little bit that this is not you know just this is not uh just a little bit of a you know i'll slide over and you know there's no there's no learning curve even as a guy who's entering year five um but it's it also you know obviously they they felt that in bringing Orlando Brown Jr. over and just saying you know Jonah can go to right tackle they feel that that is not going to be a you know a huge steep learning curve for a guy like Jonah Williams but this could also play into Jonah Williams is not real it's not so much a you know that the respect maybe 
potentially in his mind. I don't know. I'm just speculating. You know, it may not be all about the the respect level of being left tackle or being right tackle. It more it may more just be, man. I you know there is a, a little bit of a transition there, and in a contract year with the Bengals. I don't know that I really want to move over and maybe have some bumps along the way, not have my greatest season as I go look to have, you know, my next big contract on the open market the following year. And maybe it diminishes his value, not so much because he plays right tackle instead of left, but because it's a transitional year and he doesn't have as strong of a year as he could have as a left tackle. So that may be a little bit in the line of thinking with Jonah Williams um, kind of thinking a little bit beyond this year, not so much. I don't want to play right tackle. It's more, I, you know, what if I, it, it's going to be a little bit of a transition for me. And I don't know what that's going to mean, you know, that will, translating on the field and, and what that means for my next contract that could all play into this with Jonah Williams. So let's, you know, obviously we have to kind of see how this all plays out, but Frank Pollock seems to be pretty confident in a guy like Jonah Williams getting out there and, um, you know, playing right tackle. I, I think I know that in an ideal world, I think we would all kind of say, hey, let's, you know, based on him being one of the five best offensive linemen on this team, Jonah Williams, you would want him out there starting at right tackle, even though that that's not a position he hasn't played since what high school early in freshman year of Alabama. So it's been a long time since he's been out there. Um, but I, I kind of think there's more than just the luster of being left tackle and right tackle as it goes with Jonah Williams and him potentially requesting a trade. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. So let's... Cruise on because the Bengals, we've talked Orlando Brown, we've talked Max Sharping, 
And there's another offensive lineman and a guy that if you've been a fan of the Bengals for at least a handful of years, a guy that, you know, people talked about when he was coming out in the draft, people thought that this was a good fit for the Bengals when they were, you know, getting out there and, you know, redoing their offensive line a handful of years ago. Cody Ford finally joins the Bengals after a stint and being drafted by the Buffalo Bills. And then, of course, a a brief stint with the Arizona Cardinals. He's a guy that has played, uh, gosh, three or four different positions, I believe. Um, It was tackle, right guard. Let me me just double-check the notes here. Uh, Right tackle, left guard, right guard, and just offensive line in Arizona. Only started three games last year. Uh, Hasn't started basically a full season since 2019. Um, started all seven games he played in in 2020, but started only seven of 15 games in 21 with the Bills, um, and then three of 11 games last year for the Cardinals. So a guy that you know brings versatility and a guy they're familiar with. Here's the other thing I've seen a couple of other people mention this in the live chat as well, but it, obviously you look at it and you say, okay, Orlando Brown, Cody Ford, Joe Mixon, you would have had Samaj P. Ryan. These are all guys that played together at Oklahoma. Um, in overlapping seasons. So obviously in terms of, you know, scheme and familiarity and knowing what those running backs like to do, their running style, all of that, that kind of all makes sense in a way um, because there's a little bit of past familiarity, past cohesion with that. So that is, uh, you know, another guy that they're bringing in. And look, he had like a 41.2 or 41.3 PFF score last year. Overall, not obviously overly impressive with that, but you know he's a guy who started games in the NFL, has been on some good teams, and, and played in high-profile games. Here's here's the other thing with it. You know, a lot of people were were, oh, well, you know, is this guy going to be the starter at right tackle? Is this is this what they're what they're thinking of doing? Well, you know, if it is, I'll, I'll put this up for you. If it is. Here's Aaron Wilson, a uh, guy who covers the NFL, and he's got some good insider knowledge on a lot of stuff. The The reported contract is for a year, $1.08 million. So it is a minimal, minimal contract, one that definitely screams backup um, and or emergency type of guy. And who knows if Jonah Williams is dealt during the draft, up to the draft, that sort of thing. The Bengals then, even though he's not the ideal right tackle as a starter at this point, when we look at things right now, and based on his past history in the pros, at least the Bengals aren't going in necessarily with an absolute pressing need, gigantic hole at right tackle. I mean, you would think that that would obviously be a pick within the first two rounds, be it right tackle, but they have a placeholder there at a, at, and a veteran one who has played snaps um albeit an up and down pro career at this point but again there's kind of the oklahoma system familiarity from a handful of years ago and then you know if you do deal jonah williams you've got a veteran guy who has played right tackle in the league at least right now um to to be there and then oh by the way there's still a decision to be made with with you know all kinds of other players on this roster too so we will see exactly what goes on here uh there's but still cody ford good backup a guy also you know you you get a guy that gets hurt and you need him for a game or two i mean he can fill in and and you know at guard at tackle 
and get get by with a game or two, especially when you look at if you do keep Jonah Williams, he's had injuries, right? I mean, last year he had injury to Kappa and yet Karras had, I mean, I know Cody Ford's, you wouldn't look at him as center, but Karras had, I mean, injuries happen even if they're short term and you need valuable swing guys who have NFL starting experience and Cody Ford brings that. So let's keep rolling on. And I appreciate all the comments trying to sort through a lot of different stuff here. And the next is, again, I guess, I guess this is Joe Burrow effect. I don't know. Or just a team that is winning games and going far and all of that. The Bengals beat out a couple of teams for the services of Nick Scott, the new safety. Uh, and so right here is the article that I will pin here. Good question by Will, by the way, uh, that brings up the question, who's better, uh, Brown or Hill as the backup center? I think the Bengals really like Trey Hill, but, um, we'll, we'll kind of see how all of that comes about. That's the one. And, and I'm really curious too, not only at centered and what they do maybe with the backup situation there, but. I'm really curious to know, you know, what they're going to look at doing at left guard because now you're collecting tackle, right tackles, tackles, um, and you, you know, you got Jonah to figure out, you know, uh, Collins, all this kind of stuff, and you know, you bring Cody Ford into the mix. Um, so there's all these guys at right tackle, but what, you know, is there going to be a competition at left guard? Are they confident that Volson who had a lot of nice moments last year, but you know, again, there was a little bit of a mixed bag. Are there going to be, is there going to be competition there? Interesting question though, on the offensive line. And of course the most important one, because the offensive line has kind of been the Achilles heel, uh, late in the seasons for the Bengals. But this is got to be if you have been a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals for a really long time. This has got to be music to your ears here when you see the Bengals beat out several teams for uh, you know he wasn't the top safety on the market, but a coveted guy out there. And the Bengals beating out teams in external free agency was something that almost never happened in previous years. First of all, the deal reported there is a three-year, $12 million deal, $3 million signing bonus, $4.4 million first-year compensation. The Rams were in on him uh, to, to keep him. The Broncos, the Bucks, a lot of teams were interested in him, but the Bengals won out. Uh, not only, uh, you know, reputation, maybe a little bit of different finances, getting creative with the with the contracts and putting forth some early money and, and other guarantees that they haven't always done. So. Uh, kudos to the Bengals again, another guy that the Rams and their fans seem to like Nick Scott as well. Um, you know, I mean, you're potentially taking as you look at it on paper and what Jesse Bates and Von Bell gave you, um, you know, you're, you're looking at an unproven guy in his second year in Dax Hill and Nick Scott coming in here. You know, I think they, they both bring athleticism and, and heady play and, and, and physical play, but, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to overcome what Bates and Bell gave you over the course of the last handful of years together. Um, so these guys have big shoes to fill, do Scott and Hill. But, um, yeah, the Bengals fought off a couple of different teams to get him in Cincinnati, and that's kind of a refreshing thing to hear for sure. Now, tight end. That seems to be still the glaring issue 
for the Cincinnati Bengals and their roster. They are undoubtedly wanting to bring someone in the mix, a, a veteran, multiple veterans, that sort of thing. Um, and here is the link to this article where the Bengals are hosting or had hosted Foster Moreau, a guy who played with Joe Burrow at LSU. And then uh, Seathan Carter, guy that familiar name for sure. Familiar name. Uh, I like this comment here going back a step, by the way, from Anton team speed improves with Scott and Hill. We'll, We'll see if they can play as well. Yeah. And I think that's just been an emphasis, uh, and by the way, we're not even talking about Tyson Anderson potentially coming into the mix, a guy who has a really good athletic profile. I think, you know, you have to remember Bates, while he was, you know, a really good player for this team, he was one of the few Marvin Lewis holdovers that this team has retained or had retained uh, and did so for a number of years. So, you know, wasn't a Zach guy per se, Bell, not a speedy guy, but a guy who made a lot of plays for the Bengals. And I just think that I've said this before. I think the Bengals are looking to alter a little bit of things on their, on their roster in terms of athletic profiles, really look at the the testing and the measurables of players and see how that plays into things. So uh, it's an interesting point there by Anton, but Bengals host Foster Moreau and Seathan Carter for visits. Seathan Carter, special teams guru (laughs) for the Bengals, but, uh, that those are a couple of guys that they're looking at, and I'm, we're going to get to a, a, a couple of mock drafts that came out on a couple of different platforms as well, and those brought about a couple of interesting and uh, intriguing, intriguing options for the Bengals. But uh, the Bengals are doing their due diligence here as of Tuesday afternoonish evening for folks. I don't believe. That Foster Moreau has been scooped up at this point. Um, I'll, I'll look. I did a quick look before taking the air, so I don't think he's been scooped up at this point. Um, I know he's he's been flirting with a couple of different teams here, so we'll see what happens. And you know, it's does he go back and play with his college quarterback or you know uh, other options here? But uh, I, you know, Carter was a guy that you know was special teams, special teams, and I think you know his last year with the Bengals, he had a little bit of a a higher profile role because of injuries and stuff. So um, a a guy, obviously the Bengals are familiar with for sure. All right. Before we get to a couple of other, and by the way, we're going to get to um, our first mock draft tomorrow night, John Sheeran and myself, we haven't done one of those yet. So we'll get to those that for you tomorrow, along with a special guest. We'll, We'll remind you about at the end of the end of the show as well, but I want to remind folks before I get to these mock drafts and then we're going to scoot on out of here, but this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel right down there. Click the show icon, click the subscribe button, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. If you like what we're doing on this, give us a thumbs up if you could. That helps us out a bit. And of course, uh, if you can subscribe, if you like all the different stuff we're bringing you, We appreciate that. And of course, on the audio side, you can subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We're on there. Our show, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick and Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, as well as Three and Out with Jason and Kevin. 
cool new show that we're popping out for you. And hopefully you are enjoying all of the different options, trying to get you bangle stuff through the off season, most of the days of the week, if not every day of the week. So um, hopefully you enjoy it and subscribe like, if you can appreciate it. All right, let's get to mock drafts, man. I feel like, I feel like I'm not <laughs> a lot of people put out like mock draft. They do their, you know, either it's, you know, Twitter mock drafts or, you know, specific days of the week. I'm putting out a mock draft. We, we lag on that. I don't know. If you guys want more of those, we can do more. John and I try not to do a ton of them, but uh, we can do more. If you guys, if you guys eat those up, I don't know. I don't know. You tell, you tell me. All right, let's go. This one came out. This is from Daniel Jeremiah, NFL network. Great guy, sharp and knows his stuff. It's his third version on NFL.com of the mock draft. And, of course, he's got the two quarterbacks, and people go back and forth on which who's going first, who's not. Bryce Young of Alabama, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State going to Carolina, and Houston to top this up. Um, and then, of course, uh, Will Anderson going to Arizona. So top five, you know, Colts. Going with Anthony Richardson, another quarterback out of Florida there. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, going in the top five to Seattle. And then Devin Witherspoon there. So let's get down here and we'll start kind of, let's see if we can get to some of the, just want to make sure I didn't skip. All right. So we'll get to some of the AFC North teams and other notable uh, situations here. Here he has Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah guy. I'm really high on going to Washington at pick 16. That is really high. He's got the Steelers taking Broderick Jones, the Georgia offensive tackle, young guy, but uh, big guy for them. He's got the Lions taking Kalijah Kansi. I know a lot of Bengals fans like him. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, kind of a somewhat local kid going to Tampa Bay providing an interesting uh, scenario there. Seahawks getting my guy, USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. Ravens getting shocking. A quarterback, Joey Porter Jr. would stay in the division. Wow, that would just be a lot of different emotions going with that one. And then you go down here to the Bengals, and he's, they've got the Bills taking Quentin Johnson a wide receiver at 27, the Bengals here, Darnell Wright. And I think a lot of folks would like that pick, particularly if Jonah Williams gets dealt. I think this is where a a free agent, or excuse me, a a draft weekend trade for Jonah Williams also makes sense, potentially for the Bengals. Um, They could potentially see how the board falls during the first night. See how many picks of the offensive tackles they can get, see who may be available. If, if there's a run on tackles earlier in the night, you know, maybe that that alters how they view that entire situation. And if same goes for the vice versa, right? If there's still a lot of them available, maybe they feel, hey, we can get a Darnell right, plug him and play him right now. Jonah Williams you know, we can deal that and get, you know, potentially get that final year of the contract off the books there. That that would 
provide an interesting scenario for the Bengals for sure. But uh, Darnell Wright, the Tennessee tackle, I think a lot of folks would like that pick for a number of reasons. And that is where Jeremiah had the first round going for the Bengals. And then this one is from Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, a guy who you know, he's always pretty complimentary of the of the Bengals over the years, even during you know some of the Andy Dalton years and and all of that. Uh, his first mock draft, and he too has the quarterbacks going early here. We'll scroll down. He has Bryce Young going number one, C.J. Stroud going two, Will Anderson. I mean, this is almost carbon copy except look at this he's got will levis going four to the colts uh and then richard so he's got four quarterbacks in the first five picks going in this iteration of the mock draft his first one and we're going to scroll down here he's got Bijan robinson going to the cowboys at 26 uh let's scroll up here zay flowers a wide receiver from bc going to baltimore uh Steelers are up here I think he's got Michael Mayer going to the Lions at 18 and Devin Witherspoon a corner from Illinois going to the Steelers at 17 and then of course as we scroll down let's go to the Bengals they are taking Dalton Kincaid in the at the end of the first round here with Mayer already off the board in this scenario so again this may change but you know you could get a, a foster Moreau and then, you know, potentially get a Kincaid or you can do a lot of different things here. Potentially if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, they need multiple tight ends though. They need multiple tight ends. Um, and so that, I think that pick, they, they didn't address it last year. And I think part of the reason they didn't is because one guy they liked a lot, pardon the pun with the name, Isaiah likely a guy who was from coastal Carolina and went to the Ravens and ended up, you know, having a decent rookie year with the Ravens. That was a guy they they had in for a pre-draft visit. And, you know, they kind of looked at a couple of tight ends and they just did not grab one. And so now, you know, all of these contracts came up this year. And so they got to really revamp this position group. And so this is where Pete Prisco has the Bengals going in the first round. So I Kincaid is one of the more polarizing guys as a tight end in this in this class for a lot of Bengals fans, it seems, because, um, you know, some people don't like the fact that he's not a great blocker. Um, I, we broke him down a couple of weeks ago on this show. Go check out our, our draft preview of him. He's a guy who catches everything, runs a lot of different routes. He is effort, effort, effort. Go check it out. He's a good player. He's a good player. I promise you. I promise you. All right. We're going to get on out of here. Just want to remind folks, uh, again, we've got tentatively Mr. Orlando Brown Jr. set to join us tomorrow night uh, on our big show. We're going to talk with him. We're going to do our first mock draft. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, Hopefully everything still lines up the way it's currently set up with that, but we're excited about it. He is excited about being in Cincinnati. I know that. And so uh, pretty cool that we'll be chatting with him. And looking forward to that. But anyway, you all, thank you. I appreciate you tuning in live. We got a lot of live viewers here uh, on a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. I know there are a lot of great podcast options out there, particularly as it goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I always, always, always want to make sure that you all know how grateful I am that you tune into this show. You keep it to Cincy Jungle. You hang out with John Sheeran and myself. We appreciate all the support and uh, we'll keep hammering you with content. I promise. Take care. That's the news notes and a little bit of opinion 
on them. I'm Anthony Cazenza. We'll see you tomorrow for a big show.